Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 8718 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Wherever you are, positively different radio in the morning and you're with the double L team, Lyle and Liam. Good morning, Lyle. How are you this morning? I am fantastic this morning. What are you thankful for? This morning, I am thankful for Chooks. Chooks. We recently got five brand new chooks. Nice. And um, the very the best. we got them. I think we got them on Monday, and yesterday morning after I got back from work, uh, I, there was already three eggs waiting for me to pick Whoa. up. I know. I know. So that was fast. I don't know if they'd already had some stored up inside and, and just re- releasing them before they settle in. Um, so when I go back this morning and and let them out of their little pen, we'll see if if it's a if it's a one night thing or if they're consistently here to lay consistent eggs. So five chooks, you're gonna have a lot of eggs in that hose. Indeed, in we had Indeed. Uh, we had six chooks and we had so many eggs. We're giving eggs away, kind of like every day. I love eggs. Um, yeah. And they're, well, it's a particularly good when they're sort of grown in your backyard as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. It's almost so you, like Do you have to put jo- them away at night or do they go by themselves? Um, I have to lock them up. They, yep. they sort of go into their house on their own. Yep. Uh, the first night I had to pick them up and shove them in there, um, <laughs> gently as possible. But last night... They've got to learn where their home is. Yeah. Last night they were a lot smarter about it and sort of drifted off on their own. Uh, so yeah, they're all, they're all getting there. They're on their way. And they have the run of the backyard? Uh, almost. They've got a they've got a bit of a pen. Um, we've still got to patch up a few holes in the backyard before we let them roam throughout there. Um, so yeah, uh, well, get ready, get ready for them to dig up your garden. <laughs> they are the most digging creatures. They've on already the they've already dug up their own little pen. So it's it's yeah they they're doing well. <laughs> what are you thankful are, for this they morning? They are the world's tiny feathered earth movers. They are indeed. We had chooks. Uh, I'm I'm thankful that chooks eat all kinds of bugs. I'm going to be thankful for that this morning. I love chooks. They're the best pets ever. Um, we our, our last chook and our dog used to sleep on the front porch together, which was absolutely amazing. Just loved it. How good. This is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Coming up in today's news this morning, we're going to be looking at some miracle cures for COVID-19 that have been floating around the world. You can make your judges to whether they are going to do anything for you or not. Probably going to poison you. Uh, but we're also going to be looking at the comet and meteor shower that we had this morning, which was just sensational.
You're listening to Jaden Lavik with I Surrender All. This is The Breakfast Show and get ready for the quiz because here it comes. Here we go. Clue number one this morning. This is a who am I question. Uh, who am I quiz. The king of Garar sought me out to make a treaty with me that I would do him and his people no harm. I'm going to go with that word right there. That is not correct. So that means the double prize is still up for grabs this morning. Uh, And... The um, so yeah, if you want to, if you know what the answer is to this question, to this clue, you can give us a call at one eight hundred three two four eight four three. It's one eight hundred Faith FM, or you can send us a text at zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And what we're giving away this morning is a book called "Experiencing the Power in the Word" by David Marshall. So wonderful piece of literature there that sort of dives into explaining more about what's in the. The, the word in the Bible. Um, so, yeah, if you want to get your hands on that, you can call us now. Okay, so our number is 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us on 0491-064-669. And if, uh, we, what have we got happening in the world of positively different news this morning? There, Positive, Liam? Before I get there, I just wanted to come back to what you were thankful for this morning. Chickens. Chickens are cool. I just you, you said that they sleep on the. Where did you say they slept? Well, it hasn't slept during the day. You know how they. You know how they have a bit of a sleep during the day. Yeah. Um. He'd he'd just sort of sleep on the front porch with the dog in the nice sunny spot and just enjoy yeah. a bit of a a bit of a midday nap. You know, just, just one chook or all of them. Just one chook. Just a very special chook. Well, it was the last one. Oh right. So very yeah, indeed a very special. After chook. all the other ones had, he had, was the survivor. Had sort of moved on. Yes. Uh, this was the last surviving one, and it made friends with the dog. Which was kind of good because the dog killed two of them, but you know. <laughs> I must say, when we got our chooks, we've got a dog at home, and um, one of the, they, 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 we were still working out how to how to get them all out of the cage and into the, the into the pen. Oh, he would have been most interested. And um, or she or she she she, 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 she the Rosie, oh, and yeah. one of the chooks sort of escapes and. Oh my golly, she t- she chased it down real and truly, and and um, I had to quickly run after the dog and the chook and separate the two and and make sure that it was all safe. And I had to teach the dog, say, listen, no, this is not for food, this is not for eating, this is friends, this not is food. Fr- yeah, that's it, friends, not food. <laughs> uh, so yes, yeah, that'll take a while. I I think it took our dog about two years to figure out that they were friends, not food. Yeah, she still looks at the she she looks at the chickens very intriguingly. Oh yeah, and every time I go to to you know feed the chooks or to look after. To the chook, she follows me in, and she she starts to do. It. She gets a little grumble in her throat, and, and just uh-huh. oh, I don't know whether she's turn uh, your back yeah. and chicken dinner. Chicken I, dinner. I I'm, I'm yet to de- I'm yet to determine whether it, she's after the chooks or if she's jealous that I'm going to the chooks and not her. Or in the case of our dog, just wants to play. Yeah, but plays too rough. Yeah, it? sort of yeah. like doesn't realise that if you play with chooks, their next break. They they did play quite well. Uh, they they absolutely loved it. Um, anyway, moving on to news this morning. I uh, this is a, a, a couple of weeks ago. I had a, a this. I've got a story that I don't love. Okay, it's about snakes. A, a one snake, and I don't love snakes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And and this one, it it. it <laughs> no offense to all of our snake lovers out there. This no, morning. no, no, no. This is just a personal preference. Uh, this is no reflection of, of held, Lyle. In, held in common with a lot of other people. I've, I should say. Yeah. So this is this is. I I my belief is that snakes are not good. Uh, they're they're not great. Uh, once you once you sort of develop a relationship with a snake and you can trust the snake, just like any person, uh, you can you can feel much more safer around them. But for me. 
if I just meet a snake while I'm going for a walk, I'm, I'm not a fan. And I try and steer clear. Um, but there was this one story of a, of a man in Queensland. And it didn't say exactly in Queensland, but due to the story, I'm going to assume that it's in southeast Queensland in the big city. Because there was a, a man that found a snake in the drain. And uh, it was a very small eastern brown snake. Uh, these snakes, they are quite deadly, but it was it was yeah. a, it was a small Lethal. one. Lethal. Uh, um, small ones are the worst. And the reason why I say that this is from southeast Queensland is because if it was in north Queensland, I don't think it would make news because uh, it's much more common up there. We've had I don't know if we've had brown snakes, but we've had snakes in our backyard and climbing through our house and uh, in in, the, in our bedroom. Um, and one thing I did wanted to to it, it wasn't actually this thing that sparked in my in interest. Western Sydney one year. In Western Sydney, one year we had 37 snakes in our property. Yeah. Bit of a record. Oh, yeah. Found out later that uh, because we were living in the first patch of bush that you arrive in as you uh, leave Sydney, that uh, it was a favourite place for one of the local snake catchers to do his releases. So they all came back to you? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) But it got me thinking this morning, and it really... I wanted to highlight the Australian language and how we come up with names for things. Because I'm going to go through a couple of names of of a couple of animals, and I want you to... to, We're going to talk about how we think they got their name. So first up, there is the black snake. Uh, because he's black. A snake that's black. Uh, there's a brown snake. Because he's brown. Bra- yeah, we're highly original here in oh, Australia. Oh, absolutely. And this like, is another you know, one. If you see a black snake that's mm-hmm. got a red belly, what do you think? Red belly black snake. Uh, absolutely. And it's got a yellow belly, it's a yellow belly black snake. That's the one. If you see one that looks like a tiger, it's a tiger, tiger snake. snake. Absolutely. If it's a copperhead, it if, looks like a, if it looks like a piece of copper pipe, it's a copperhead. That's it. Uh, still keeping in the world of reptiles, but moving on to amphibians. If you see a frog in a tree that's green... It's oh, green. it's a green tree frog. Green tree frog. <laughs> <laughs> if you see a snake in a tree, it's a, it's a it's a it's a tree snake. Uh-huh. And if it's green, it's a green tree. And snake. And it's a green tree snake. <laughs> oh my goodness! I just it got me th- oh, it, it got me thinking. There is a, I've seen a snake that, that's got a blue belly. It's a black snake with a blue belly. I don't I can't remember exactly what it was called. It's a common tree snake in in uh, far north Queensland, but it's not called uh, a blue bellied black snake, which shocked me. I can't remember exactly what it was called. It, if it kills you, it's called the Death Adder. Yes, that's that's a cool name. That's like that's like a that's a, a that's a really you know. Our um, cool the the basketball team from Cairns is called we're called the Cairns Taipans because in in Cairns Taipans are one of the most common snakes uh, going around. And as we all know, well, actually, as I don't know if we all know, but Taipans is one of the deadliest snakes in the world. Yeah, I think we all know that. Yeah, and um, if you don't know, it's it's it. Well, you do now. And it's not uh, we we don't have the the central Taipan. We've got the eastern type. Thankfully. Man. Thankfully. Thankfully. Central or the, the midland, whatever it is, whatever it's called exactly. The inland. Inland type end. That's the one. The inland type end is one of the deadliest snakes in the world. We've got the eastern type end, uh, which still isn't great. It, it, it can pack a punch, I tell you. Absolutely. Still, but, um, still not to be treated lightly. But yeah. So oh, I just thought, I, I had so this. snakes and snake names. Snake night. It, that just passed my mind this morning. And I thought I'd like to share that with everybody. In uh, <laughs> uh, other news, just quickly, uh, the moon, the moon that is up in the sky that is currently approaching full moon, it has recently been completely mapped. So there is a website that you can go to. If you, if you go, Google uh, map of the moon, there is a, a map. It's a colourful map, actually. It doesn't look like the moon, but it's, they've, they've marked. These scientists have spent the last couple of years mapping out uh, the moon and all the, all the craters in the moon. And it really explains, when you look up to the moon, all the dark spots, spots 
they've highlighted what all those are and it is the the map that they've got is incredibly accurate it is one to five millionth scale or mm. one to five million scale if that's the right terminology okay um but yeah they've done and it is now the official uh, map for the moon so that when the next mission to the moon is for for man to go to the moon that is the map they will use Cool. And it, it looks... It, the reason why I mentioned it this morning is because it looks very, very fascinating. And all the different shapes in the moon and it, the, the colors that they've used, it corresponds very well to what you see on the moon. So it's pretty it, cool. It's It'd like be- when you look at the moon, it's in black and white. And when you look at this picture, it's suddenly got color. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, wow. it, that's essentially what it, what it looks like. Ah, amazing. I can't wait until they build something on the moon so I can actually uh, get a telescope and watch the progress. That'd, that'd be very cool. Oh, look, they're building a, a station up there to uh, launch out to Mars. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, it would be just the ultimate. Pretty cool. Indeed. Anyway, this is Jason Gray with Blessed Be.
That was Jason Gray with Blessed Be. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And we have another clue coming up for our quiz. We do indeed. This is clue number two. I was 40 years old when I married the daughter of Bethuel, uh, the Aramean woman from Paddan Aram. There you go. So I was one person out. I got the father and I should have had the son. Indeed. And that's your. That's another clue another right clue. there. Another clue right there that you can have this morning. Uh, however, moving on with... Moving on. Uh, uh, just before we move on, uh, we, just, we had a text in from Christopher this morning. He just said, good morning, Brecky team. I'm thankful that I can hand all my depression to Jesus and have a blessed day. So Absolutely. We're, amen to that, Christopher. Uh, we 100% agree. All right. So, coronavirus, of course, has created an environment in which all kinds of crackpots can uh, jump up and promote all their kind of all kinds of crackpot health uh, products. And the Genesis Two Church of Health. Have you ever heard of the Genesis Two Church of Health? I have not. Well, now you have. It claims that it has a found a miracle cure for uh, coronavirus, COVID nineteen. Um, it being industrial bleach otherwise known as chlorine dioxide. So there you go. If you get sick, um, Liam, all you've got to do is go and drink some industrial bleach. Oh, absolutely. You look, you look worried. That's exactly what I want to do in the morning. <laughs> Not. Oh, no, that's, no, that sounds terrible. Are you serious? They call it, they, they don't call it industrial bleach, though. What do they call it? They call it MMS. What does that stand for? Miracle Mineral Solution. Right. So it's a miracle mineral solution. Allegedly. And it's a cure for, apparently, allegedly, supposedly, a cure for autism, acne, cancer, diabetes, COVID-19, and the list goes on and on. In other words, it's a cure-all for everything. All you've got to do is uh, you get sick, any kind of disease, get a bit of cancer happening, drink a bit of bleach, you're good to go. If, if by cure you mean it kills it, I, I would, I, I'd have to say I agree. <laughs> it um, just kills the host at the same time. Exactly. So, oh, that just sounds terrible. Okay, so the Australian Ooh. Therapeutic Goods Administration has, of course, labelled industrial bleach as being poison. And, of course, these guys have been around for a while, apparently. I didn't realise they've been around for a while because they were caught selling this stuff about 10 years ago as uh, MMS, Miracle Mineral Solution. And as a result of that, they, it had to be stopped. And so what they now do is sell the components separately so you can buy sodium chloride and you can dry and you can buy hydrochloric acid activator and you mix those two together you know what else to I could create do? your own MMS and so on their website just hang on on their website you can buy both of these uh, particular products and then you can download the video on how to mix them together to create industrial bleach so that they can still sell their legally sell their MMS or you could just go to your, your kitchen cupboard and, and get, and, and, and that, that's essentially the same thing. And buy Not some the, industrial, industrial bleach and swig a bit of that. That's, oh, it's the same thing. Okay, so the uh, United States, this is a US-based church, but it has a chapter here in Australia. Um, Archbishop of the, what was it called again? The uh, Genesis 2 Church of Health. They should have gone with Genesis 1 Church of Health. I think so. Genesis one's way better. That's like where it says eating fruit and veggies, like not fruit and veggies, but uh, fruits, grains, and nuts. Uh, that sounds healthy to me. There's no mention in there of bleach. Okay, so the Archbishop Mark Grennan uh, calls this solution sacramental cleansing water. Okay, so I kind of agree with that. You know, if you want to bleach something, 
It's a liquid. You could it class is. it as water, and it, it will clean things. You can it will. you can clean things. You can make your clothes go white or something like that. You That's know, right? Um, we've all understood how bleach works. I don't know that you want to put it in your mouth, though. No, I'd I'd, I'd put it in the toilet and do a great job in the toilet, make it sparkly clean. Wash. I don't know that you can actually put bleach in the toilet because you'll kill the septic system. Oh well, the bugs. Oops. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it uh, it's been supplied here in Australia by Bishop. Charles Barton of the Australian chapter of the Genesis 2, uh, what was it called? Genesis 2 Church of Health. And, of course, he's now selling it separately. Uh, so far, as a result of using this product, there's been four hospitalizations in New South Wales and probably a whole bunch more around the country in different places that we might be unaware of at the moment. But this, arch- this sorry, not the Archbishop, the Bishop Barton here, in, here in, in Australia has also stated that we see no evidence of a pandemic right now. Um, Excuse me? Have you seen any... Have you seen any? Have you turned the news on in the last yeah, in the last? Have you noticed two how, days? Has anybody noticed how few cars there are on the road? You know, maybe oh, that would be an indication of uh, how few that cars there's a pandemic happening. There were on the road right now. It seems to be that there's there's quite a significant number. Yeah, there's an increase, but nothing like what there was before. Oh man! Anyway. So that's, um, that's, that's one. Okay, a bigger one, a higher profile one, of course, this one's uh, Jimmy Baker in the United States. And he's been a controversial individual down through the years and, of course, pastoring a mega church over there. And he's being sued for selling silver solution as a COVID-19 cure. So rather than selling, um, yeah, so rather than drinking bleach, you drink some liquid silver. Um, and of course, this is this is made by Baker himself and one of his uh, members of his congregation, and he has claimed that this lawsuit is an assault on his religious freedom. Well, when you start to peddle something as a cure that has no scientific basis, that's got nothing to do with religious liberty. That is a health issue. That is a public health issue, and one that needs to be. Uh, dealt with. The FDA has listed a number of the uh, Baker products as being fraudulent and posing a significant health risk. So yeah, COVID-19 comes along and all the crackpots come out of the woodwork. You, you know, the look on my face right and now. They, and they all give... They, the, the crazy thing is, the frustrating thing is, they all give Christianity a bad name. Yeah. Why is it that Christians... That people who hold the name of Christian, who use the name of Christian to make money, have to bring Christianity into such terrible disrepute. The look on my face right now is just, it's, it's pure confusion. Because I've got, what I just. What's going on? It doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense. I, yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's change the subject. Let's talk about something a little bit more happy. Something that I can get my head around. <laughs> Did you get up this morning to see the comments? The, the, comment, the comment and the meteors. I, I did not. I heard you my laugh. <laughs> we had a clear sky this morning too. We did indeed. Okay, so you had to be up before 5.30 and preferably before 5, really between uh, 3.30 and 5 is the, was, was the best time to see it. Prime time. And uh, this was the Ita Aquarius, uh, the Aquarians. The Ita Aquarians are dust. Dust from the tail of Haley's Comet, and we passed through them yesterday, last night. And so, yeah, I got up this morning. Well, I got up at around 4.30-ish, 40-ish every morning. And, yeah, there was, there was definitely falling stars out there. That was 
spectacular. I love to see a good falling star. And there's some really bright ones too. But there's also the comet Swan. 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 And people have been taking photographs of the comet Swan for a couple of days now. Does it look like a swan? No, it was discovered in Swan Hill, I believe, in Victoria. Makes sense. Uh, Hence the name Swan. Checks out. So, but yeah, I didn't see the swan. I would like to see this one. I have another tr- another try tomorrow morning. How do you? How do we see it? Is it, does it, is it circling around? Is it circling around um, the world at the moment, or are we circling around it? Uh, the way comets work is that they circle around in the universe, in the and universe. every now and then they pass by Australia. So this one's passing Mul- by Australia multiple times at the moment, about uh, ninety-eight million kilometres away. Okay. So it's kind so of what? What distance. time do you think would be the best time to see this? If Between three three thirty and five. So you are they going to be are they going to be meet yours again tomorrow morning? Um, well, I think it would be worth a try, but the morning to do it was this morning. Oh yeah, I know, I know. You missed it. I did. You had a chance. You were awake. You could have got up. Like, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the meet the the comet, but waking up two hours early. Have you seen a comet? I have seen three, three comets, or three meteors. I don't know if it's comets or meteors. Okay, the, the meteors are the bright ones that flash across the sky. The comets are the big ones with a tail that sit there. Oh, I've probably seen three meteors then. Okay. <laughs> I was at my grandparents' I once saw three within five minutes this morning. Um, getting a bit jealous. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so a comet is big. Uh, I, I remember when Halley's Comet came by and it was just amazing. Big twin tail comet sitting up there in the sky and I remember seeing it from the clear night skies down in Tasmania. We have some of the clearest air in the world when I was a kid growing up. It was fantastic. Hoping to uh, make it through to live long enough to see the next uh, approach of Halley's Comet. I'll tell you what, I'll set, my, I'll set my alarm for three o'clock in the morning and if I wake up and feel motivated, I will go out and I will see it and we'll see how we go. We'll see what we can make of it. Um, I'll hold you to that. <laughs> this well, is the Lesser Light Collective. Indeed, I saw a tree. Listen to me people, I've got a tale As tall as the trees and as true as I've failed God has done wonders, done wonders for me He's rescued my soul with visions and dreams I saw a tree Standing tall above the earth And it gave food and shelter For the beasts and the birds But they said cut it down, cut it down, cut it down This high elevation has gone to Daniel, my friend, he told it to me straight Oh, king, cut it out and the axe may be stayed Start living right, man, look out for the least Quit acting like one or you'll end up a beast I saw a tree Standing tall above the earth 
for the beast and the bird. But they said, cut it down, cut it down, cut it down. This high elevation has gone to his ground. Welcome back, guys. That was the Lesser Light Collective. Uh, you're listening to The Breakfast Show, interview of the daytime. But before we go to that, we have another clue for our quiz. We do indeed. I had a taste for wild game. Who had a taste for wild game? Mm, if you know the answer for that, then uh, do give us a call. Absolutely. Uh, 1-800-324-843. Or you can send us a text at 0491-064-669. And if you're the first person to send us a text this morning, this morning we will be sending you a copy of everything, uh, every, Experiencing the Power in the Word by David Marshall. Joining us on the phone this morning is David Haupt for his weekly update on emotional health. David, welcome to the show. Good morning, Lyle and Liam, and good morning to your listeners. Now, David, we've been talking about uh, depression for a while now. Uh, it's been a very, very important subject to look at. One of the things that I wanted to ask you about this morning was the role of addiction in depression, uh, because we often see these two things going together, but... Before we really dig into that in detail, I uh, just wanted to pose something to you. During the uh, lockdown right now, there's been a number of addictions where people have been restricted from their addictions. Uh, for instance, I have a friend who has a gambling addiction, hasn't been able to go to the club and the pokies and bingo, those kind of um, events. Will this lockdown serve as a cure for somebody in that situation? Well, it's, it's a very important question that you're asking. I'm so glad you do because in order for a person to really work through your addictions, you need to understand the cause of your addiction. Like with depression, we often treat symptoms exactly the same with, with addictions. So uh, COVID-19 lockdown can to some level uh, you know, restrict our access to the way that we normally uh, gain our access to 
addictive behaviors or addictive agents. But does that necessarily change the mindset, the underlying causative issues that has led me to that addiction? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, What we will often find is that people battling with addictions will often exchange one addiction for another as one does not become available they find another way to to basically mask the underlying real cause of the reason why they are you know using addiction um to, to use an illustration um, years back when I arrived in Australia, my first assignment was working in Cabramatta. Uh, while Cabramatta was a drug zone, uh, our, our primary focus was working in the addiction field, helping people to get off their addiction. And one night in the winter there in, in Sydney, we found a gentleman, a highly professionally trained person living under cardboard boxes. The sad thing is he started with his train of addictions after he couldn't cope with the separation of his parents. And at the age of 15, he turned to alcohol as a form of addiction. As a professional medical person, highly qualified and trained, he eventually prescribed medication to himself and would inject that. Uh, his colleagues found him out and he lost his his, uh, his registration. He lost his license to practice and he was living on the streets. And in order for his recovery, he needed to go straight back to the underlying cause of issues that started him off at the age of 15. David, you mentioned that, uh, that in, in, in lockdown, every, lots of people have been replacing one addiction with another addiction. Is it possible to replace a bad addiction with a good addiction? Can you define for me what is a good addiction? Oh, reading the Bible. <laughs> reading the Bible every day, for example. Something that, something that you get into the habit of uh, that, that is, maybe isn't as bad as what you were doing before. Ah, so you have twisted the word addiction with, uh, what was the word that you used? A habit. A habit, a habit. yes. Is, are they the same thing? I would like to suggest to you that an addiction is something that enslaves you. Right. I don't, be, I don't believe that reading the Word of God or building a, an intimate relationship with God can ever enslave us. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody who has been enslaved by reading the Bible and, as you say, building a connection with God. I've seen people that have been enslaved by lots of different things, exactly. but I've only ever found people who have been set free by forming that habit. And, and, I, and the other thing that I say, I'm just speaking from my own personal experience here, and I think that, you know, there's somebody out there that has a different story. It'd be interesting to hear because it'd be very, very rare. Um, but the only thing that I've ever seen is when people go down this path of forming a habit of reading their Bible and building a connection with God, it frees them up from all of the addictions that have actually been enslaving them and, and changes their life. 
And can I suggest that by building a relationship with God, by reading his word and through that enter into an intimate relationship is a move away from one master to another. But this master, Jesus Christ, is in reality not enslaving. He's actually giving us a free choice. But in that relationship addresses the fundamental core issue of the the issues that really enslaves people. David, you mentioned a moment ago you you were sharing that story about the individual that you met in Sydney living in a cardboard box who had become addicted because of, you know, the broken experience that he went through of his parents' breakup and divorce. Now, that's incredibly common. In fact, it's one of those situations where I sometimes ask myself the question, are there any people who make it into adulthood without having some form of severe trauma uh, in their family? And there would be few. Does that mean that we are all then susceptible to addictions? Very true. We, we all come into this world broken and um, we live today in a quick fix world. I, I think back in horror to my earlier years in, uh, in clinical work as I deal with people that had experienced major loss in their life and I would refer them to their GP with a request, please, doc, can you uh, give medication for this person so they do not experience this loss so intensely? Um, we we live in a quick fix. We we want to divert ourselves away from the pain of life. Uh, interesting research that was done uh, with men that whose health and the immune system was already compromised. It was during the high day of HIV AIDS, and uh, all of these men had experienced major loss in their life. But there were three different groups, and I'll quickly just run through each group with you. The first group responded to the loss of their partner by um, just seeing the negative aspects of life and decay and, and loss. How well do you think they they had done? Not very good. Yeah, no, that would I would think very poorly. The second group, they simply accepted the death and they moved on in their life. So we would think that they've done better. You would think that they've done better. The outcome was that they, in actual fact, did not do better either. The third group, though, the demise of their loved one uh, led them to a newfound respect for life and a commitment to improve their personal life, changing the trajectory of their life. This third group showed a significant improvement in immune function and showed a significant advantage in long-term survival of their own life. So in other words, so often when we come into this world broken, we often turn to people to become our fixers. And we enter into not necessarily drug and alcohol addictions as we normally look at addiction, but we we look at relationships, we look at power, we look at position, we look at um, 
pouring ourselves into an education so that I can just rake in the degree so that people can see my significance. So I'm constantly improving myself in order to feel better about myself. Others turn to the TV, and this is one of the problems of of the lockdown, that we can be so fixated on uh, movies, entertainment, that it actually further shuts down our frontal lobe of the brain, which is a very real problem with depression. Or we can, like this third group, actually look at the meaning of life, actually turn to him that provides meaning and a future for us, Jesus Christ, and build a relationship with him. And I'd like to suggest to your listeners that that group will do far better. Mm, Absolutely. David, I'm wondering whether I can ask a question. This is sort of coming to my mind. Here in Australia, we've had a very, very strong campaign for many, many years uh, put forward by the government to get rid of the smoking addiction. And, you know, compared to the rest of the world, a very successful campaign. Um, now, when we talk about this, what, what's been done with the smoking addiction, from what I'm hearing here, we have really dealt with the symptoms and we've got people off of the cigarettes. But because we've only dealt with the symptom and not the cause, do we then find that the majority of people who, you know, are able to kick that habit, replace it with another addiction? That that has been um, the the result for many people that we just replaced it uh, w- with something else, with a sugar addiction, with other risk behaviours. Uh, people uh, have gone through you know the, the nicotine patches, or um, it, it's interesting that uh, science recognised a clear link between tobacco addiction and depression and for many of the people they they medicated them uh, on an antidepressant to withdraw from nicotine addiction but they never taught them how to process the underlying causative issues i'd like to ask your listeners that every time that they light up to ask themselves this question to ask the cigarette this question what do you really offer me and does that what what is offered is that lasting and is it really transforming and changing my life for the better they will in actual fact discover that the answer is no it doesn't transform it only numbs a certain act it it, it soothes an emotional pain that is existing. People look at it as saying, I'm, I'm enjoying it. This is my my time, my free time. Early morning when I wake up, the first thing that I do is what? Is light up my cigarette. The first thing that I do is I turn over, I give my wife a hug, and then I go on my knees and, uh, and I talk to God. Mm, mm. And it sparks my day and, and it energizes my day to be more active, to look away from myself, to be able to be a blessing to other people. Yeah, absolutely. And I can testify from exactly the same thing. It uh, <laughs> It's a very, very different start to the day when you start your day with Jesus Christ. And mm. by you know forming that connection and then keeping that connection open throughout the, the through, you know, through, throughout the length of the day and just, you know, just open the connection. And it's just like, yeah, there it's open. It's like, 
messages can just sort of come backwards and forwards. Lyle, I'm not sure how much time we've got left, but in Cabramatta, I noticed how that we would refer people to detoxification units and they would primarily focus on the chemical withdrawal of the person. And within seven to eight days, those clients, after being released, will fall back into the cycle or will turn to other alternative forms of addiction. The number one coined addiction today, the, the, the latest coined addiction, is techno addiction. Right. That so many of our young people yes. are caught up in. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we've previously said on this program, that people are in conversation with others, but not with the people around them. They're actually in conversation or in gaming with other people. I regularly work with professional people that nearly loses their jobs because of gaming addiction or techno addiction that is completely taking over their life as well as their marriages, their relationships. Yes, and this is something that we need to be particularly careful of. When you talk about techno addiction, we're talking about screen addiction, essentially, where people's relationships are really breaking down. Dave, it's been fantastic having you on the show this morning. I think that this is a subject that we probably need to spend a little bit more time, you know, really delving into to to get to the bottom of it. And we'll possibly continue back again with it next week. Uh, Right now, though, we need to continue on with the show. This is uh, Kate Hollingsworth with The Way He Loves Me, and we'll be back after the 8 o'clock news with Encounter with God. Well, I like the way he loves me. I enjoy the freedom he gave to me. And I delight in his presence as he sings over me. I love to be loved by my Lord I like the way He loves me I enjoy the freedom He gave to me And I delight in His presence As He sings over me I love to be loved by my
our team here at Faith FM want to encourage you to share God's love with those around you, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Check on your neighbours, especially elderly neighbours, as they may be unable to visit the shops or see family due to quarantines. A note under the door or a letter in the mailbox works too if you want to maintain your distance. Little things like this make a huge difference to someone who might be struggling to get by. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. i 